What's up, you guys? My name is Sabrina, and I get to be one of the hosts for this podcast on fire. For those who are new here, for those who are coming back, welcome. <laughs> I'm so happy, so, so, so excited that you guys are tuning in for today's episode. I'm freaking excited to be back. Last week, I posted on my... Last week, I didn't upload. I posted on my um, Instagram. If you don't follow the Instagram, go and follow, because that's where I give all the reminders, all the news, and everything to keep you guys updated about my life and the podcast, whatever. So I posted saying that I wasn't feeling so great. I hope I don't sound too bad. I still have like a stuffy nose, just a little bit, but I sound a heck of a lot better than I was last week. So I pushed back last week's episode to this week's. So yeah, but today we are doing part three of the message series titled examples of obedience now for those who have no idea what the frick i'm doing this message series the concept is pretty much to share obedience and sharing stories from the bible examples of obedience they the title and just kind of giving an encouragement and inspiration to you guys about obedience and how that looks like and what that looks like and how it is an important role in our walk with christ now two weeks ago i did an episode titled um noah's obedience which was part two of the message series and again just sharing his story and his family his walk with god and how obedience played again an important role in his life so if you guys are curious about noah and the infamous story noah's ark make sure you go check out last <laughs> two weeks ago make sure you go take out check out oh, it's been it's been a week guys please please just work with me here Two weeks ago, make sure you go check that out. And then once you're done, make sure you come back here because you don't want to miss out on today's amazing episode. So as you can tell, we're doing Moses' obedience. That is today's episode. Again, we're just sharing a story, his obedience to God and his chaotic life and all this good stuff. And the infamous story of the parting of the Red Sea. A lot of you may know this story. A lot of you may not know. Again, just wait till the end of the episode because I feel like God will highlight things that he probably you probably didn't recognize the first time so just please stay and listen and hopefully God speaks to you what I know he will speak to you in this podcast in the name of Jesus but anyways let's just go ahead and jump into today's episode so Moses covers a lot in the Old Testament he covers the book of Exodus Leviticus and Deuteronomy which is the um again the books of the, from the Old Testament now, I can go on and on about Moses, the most amazing Moses, the one and only Moses, but just for the sake of time and for the sake of your ears, I will not be rambling on about those three books. I will be talking about um, the book of Exodus, which um, this story is found in chapters 1 to 15. So everything that I'm going to be said is going to be found in the book of Exodus chapters 1 to 15. So if you guys want to read along, I'm not going to read exactly word by word, but I am going to highlight some things that key verses that stood out to me that I would like to share again, sharing the story, which is found in those chapters. So if you guys want to read more in depth about it, go ahead. But for this, go ahead and tag along with me. So who is Moses? Again, a lot of you may know who he is. A lot of you may not know, but it's okay because I'm here to clarify that all. So Moses lived a very, I would say, a very chaotic life. He grew up in two different households. We'll get to that in just a second. But um, Moses' parents um, are both from the tribe of Levi. I have their names written down. I'm just not going to say them just because I don't want to butcher it and I don't want to sound dumb at the same time. So we're just not going to say their names. But just know that both his parents are from the tribe of Levi. He has an older sister named Miram. I think that's how you say her name. And a younger brother named Aaron. Aaron. The homie Aaron. A lot of you may know who Aaron is. I talked about him before in the episode of Idolization. I did that one with Stephanie. If you guys are curious about that one, make sure you go check that one out. And then come back. 
don't miss this episode. So again, like I said, his childhood was very, very chaotic. He really didn't grow up like that with his family because context. Um, Israelites, at the time of Moses like being born, Israelites were being slaves in Egypt under Pharaoh. The most infamous Pharaoh, a lot of you may know him. Uh, Pharaoh was a very rude, ugly person. I'm not talking physically, I'm talking personality-wise, okay? He was a very terrible person. He wanted to keep the Israelites as slaves. He overworked them, and he was also afraid of overpopulation of the Hebrews in Egypt. So this was when Pharaoh gave this order to the people in Exodus 1, um, verse 22. He says, every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw them into the Nile, but let every girl live, period. No, I'm just kidding. But in chapter 2, Moses' mom gives birth to Moses obviously and as and she hides him for three months so he was a three-month-year-old baby okay he was just a he's a newbie he was barely brought into this world so she hides him for those three months and then she places him in a basket and sends him along the Nile River so he's just floating there by himself in a basket and his older sister um stands at a distance making sure that Moses was good and safe so she was kind of watching and making sure he wasn't going into any danger until Pharaoh's Pharaoh's daughter um, finds Moses in the river. So Pharaoh's daughter um, saw him and knew that he was a Hebrew baby, and she felt bad. She felt very remorse. So Moses' sister just randomly appears to Pharaoh's daughter, just chilling in the backyard or whatever, and is like, "Um, "Miss girl, I can bring someone to wash this baby. I can bring a Hebrew woman to nurse him. Like, if that is is that okay?" Pharaoh's daughter was like, "Yeah, that's fine. And you know, I'll pay her for watching him." So Miriam brings their mom Moses's mom to nurse him until he was old enough now we can obviously say that Pharaoh's daughter didn't obviously know that that was Moses's mom we can all guess that if she probably knew that it was his mom she'd probably be like no but obviously she didn't know and the Bible also doesn't talk about exactly how old Moses was to a certain age of how long he stayed with his um actual family but he apparently stayed with his birth parents long enough to know that he himself was Jewish by birth and to learn about God's previous dealings with the nation of Israel. You know, just God's promises back in the um, early Genesis, late Genesis and everything like that. And before Moses was fully grown, they returned him back to Pharaoh's daughter where she named him Moses. So he actually got the name from the homegirl. And Moses sounds like the Hebrew word for draw out. Um, keep that in mind. She named him that because... It has a meaning later on, but she named him that because she drew him out of the Nile River. So, cool, I guess. Um, that's where he was raised as part of Pharaoh's household. So, obviously, Pharaoh's daughter did not know he was a Hebrew baby. They all kept it a secret. I guess only she knew and maybe a couple of her servants or whatever. So, this is when things start to change for Moses. So, again, the Bible doesn't specifically tell his age uh, when this happened, but Moses, we can all agree, he's an adult, okay? He's already a grown man. Again, don't know the age, probably in his 20s, 30s, maybe 40s. I don't know. Moses sees an Egyptian being a Hebrew, okay? So, he sees no one around, and he goes and kills the Egyptian. Boom, dead, gone. And he buries him in the sand. And the next day, Moses sees two Hebrews fighting, so he pulls them apart and questions them, and then... Moses is like, what are you doing? Like, you're Hebrews. Like, you're not supposed to be fighting against each other. Like, what are y'all doing? And then the Hebrews look at Moses and like, who are you to judge us? Like, who are you? Like, you just killed the Egyptian just, like, yesterday. So Moses is like, dang, must everybody must have found out about that. So then Pharaoh finds out about all of this and tries to have Moses killed. But Moses hears about it and flees to the Midian, a different part of the city. 
He flees to Midian and rests at a well. So he takes a quick nap, you know, whatever, from running. Then Moses encounters these women. And these women were going to, like, do their chores, you know, water their flocks, get some water from the well, you know, doing things. But obviously things got chaotic. They couldn't handle it all. So Moses sees it, and he runs and helps these women. Now, these women are the seven daughters of the priest of the Midian rule. I hope that's how you say his name, or known as Jethro. Um, rule hears about this from his daughters and rules like, hey, yo, invite the homie. He's like, invite Moses over here to eat and sit with us and chill with us for a little bit. Maybe stay with us. So because of what Moses did, he invites him. And then Moses like, I accept your offer because we can all, Moses was hungry. Okay. Moses was running. He was tired. He's like, yo, I am hungry. So it's Mo Moses ate. Okay. Moses accepted. He went, he ate and he ended up guest staying with them for a while and ends up getting married to one of the daughters, Zephapora. Oh my gosh. Maybe I should have like studied extra hard on these names. And so he marries one of the daughters and she later gives birth to their son, Gershom. And that is the Hebrew word. It sounds like the Hebrew word word for a foreigner. Moses named his son that because Moses was a foreigner in the place at the time. They're so creative. <laughs> They're so creative with their names. But anyways, around this time, around the birth of his son, the king, the king of Egypt died. Okay, so the Israelites then cried out to God. They're asking God, where are you? Come save us. Please, please, please. We're tired of being slaves. Da, 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 da. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> God heard them and remembered his covenant he made with Ab Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is the lineage, Abraham, and then Isaac, you know, you get it. <laughs> and he answers his cry. So this is when God calls to Moses, calls of Moses. And this is the burning bush moment. A lot of you know the burning bush. A lot of you don't. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, guys. So uh, Moses was tending the flock on the mountain, Horeb, Horeb, something like that. It's in the Bible, so you interpret it the way you want it. Um, Horeb, he was doing that for his father-in-law. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses as like flames within a bush, okay, burning bush. And Moses, Moses notices how the bur the bush <laughs> is burning without it going like, you know, going to ruffles or whatever. So he goes, and he grows curiosity, so he goes and takes a look at it. Then God sees Moses and calls out to him. So Exodus chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 God says, do not come any closer. He says, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Israel, Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, I highlighted this point because Moses hid his face, and I feel like we're all relatable to that because, obviously, we don't physically hide our faces. I mean, I don't know about you, but I probably hid under the covers from God when I was a kid or so but we all have that moment where we're too ashamed to face God you know maybe we always read the Bible in the morning or prayed or went to our sacred spot where we had our talking you know that secret spot and you have your little moments with God and then you slip up into sin or you slip up back into your old ways or an addiction and you kind of hide your face you're kind of like ashamed to go back to God or to like you know it, it, it's just I hope you understand what I'm trying to say so we all have had that moment, and I just wanted to highlight because it's just a relatable moment to have. But in this moment, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God because, yeah, I'll get into that just a second. So God tells Moses about the misery of, Israel, of the Israelites. Okay, so he tells him how the Israelites are just crying out to him that they're desperate, they're in need of help. So God tells Moses that he plans to take them out of Egypt 
into a good and spacious land. So he's just pretty much explaining to Moses his whole plan, his whole idea of what he wants to do with the Israelites. And then God later tells Moses, I want you to do it. <laughs> and just straight up, you, I pick you. So in Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Again, I highlighted the who am I um, because I feel like, again, we are, we can be like that to God. Like God is calling us somewhere. I know when God called me to speak in front of people or to do this podcast or uh, back in my old church, I did a lot of stage stuff. So I would have to go on stage with a whole microphone. And I'm like, me? You, you, you telling me to make a whole podcast like I'm not good you know I'm very shyness you know I'm very closed off to myself who am I to be doing that like I have no confidence whatsoever and then this reassurance that he tells Moses I will be with you and I feel like that's all that we need to hear from God is that God will always be with us so that was just a quick point now again Moses was known as the lack he had lack of confidence so the who am I part tells a lot about Moses and it continues on after that. So Moses was very, very known as lack of confidence. He didn't feel good enough for God or to do enough for God. And I'll get to that in just a second. So God tells Moses to let this burning bush, this whole conversation be assigned to the Israelites to let them know that I sent you. And verse 13 and 15, Moses says to God, okay, suppose so I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell him? God says to Moses, I am who I am. Ooh, period. Round of applause for God. <laughs> That's it. This is the end of the episode. No, I'm just kidding. And then he says, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. A freaking man, man. So Moses is saying, hypothetically, I freaking love Moses. Like, he could be funny because I feel like I'm so much like, like, we're so much like Moses, even if we think we're not. Moses, like, suppose, hypothetically, like, what if God, okay, like, let's just say, you know, I feel like I'm we're so relatable to Moses. So he says, okay, what if I go to them and say all this good stuff? And they're like, what is his name then? Like, what do I tell him who you are? And God's like, I am who I am. He goes, you shall call me I the I am. Because God is and was and will forever be the I am. And we should call on him for that for generation to generation. So God tells Moses to go to the elders of the Israel, the leaders of Israel. And repeats the same thing to them, you know, let him know the whole plan and the burning bush moment. And he says that they will believe you. So he goes to the, um, he's like, then you go to the elders to the king of Egypt. He goes, go with them and then go to Pharaoh and then tell him that you need to make a three day journey to place sacrifices for the Lord. And God already says, he's like, Pharaoh's not going to listen. He's like, all right, he's not. So God tells Moses that um, unless he's not going to listen unless a mighty hand compels him. So God says that he will stretch his hand, mighty hand, and strike the Egyptians. In verse 21 to 22, he says, I will make the Egyptians, God speaking, I will make the Egyptians fav favorable disposed to those people. Favorable. I, favorably? <laughs> I'm like stuttering. Guys, please bear with me. It's been a week. It, it's been a, it's been a long day. I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards these people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed, and you and so you will plunder the Egyptians. You will plunder. And I feel like I take that into anything. You will plunder the demonic spirits. You will plunder those financial issues. You will plunder 
your lack of confidence. Like you will plunder it all because God is always going to be with us. And I feel like, again, Moses needed that reassurance. He needed that confidence. And God also makes a declaration. He promises them that they will not leave um, Egypt empty-handed, that everything will be theirs at the end of the day. So after all that conversation, Moses still questions God about Israelites. He's still doubting God. He's still in the what-if moment. And when I was reading this, I was like, Moses is so annoying. Like, God is telling you all this, Moses, and you're still questioning him. Then I'm like, hold up, shut up, Sabrina, because you are the exact same way. Now, um, God shows Moses three signs. Uh, The first one was staff into a snake. Um, The Lord told him, "Um, what is in your hand? And then Moses was like, oh, a staff. And he replied, the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and he became a snake. And he ran away from it like a scaredy cat. No, I'm just kidding. I will too, shoot. Don't play with me. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses, Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and turned it back into a staff in his hand. The second sign was the cloak. I call it the cloak. In verses 6 to 7 of chapter 4, then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his, into his cloak. And when he took it out, the skin of leprous. Leprous is a type of skin disease back then, and a lot of people call them uncleansed. You can watch The Chosen for more clarity on that. Um, It had become um, white as snow. Now, God told Moses, now put it back into your cloak. He said, so Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored. It was back to its rest of his flesh. Now, I want to go back to the staff into a snake and the cloak the two signs i'll get to the third one in just a second but i want to point out um if you hear an airplane and there's i think there's a plane that flew over my house just now but anyways um when god told moses to throw the staff down moses threw it okay then he tells him now pick it up by the tail moses reached out and picked it up now, I feel like y'all won't recognize these, but those are small acts. Honestly, those are new. Those are big acts of obedience in God's eyes. Because imagine if Moses didn't throw it down. Okay, imagine if he didn't <laughs> throw it down. He didn't, imagine if he didn't throw the staff down. And then imagine if he didn't. Ima- okay, he did. Okay, and then God's like, pick it up by your hand. And now me, if someone told me to pick up a snake, you're crazy. I'm not going to go and pick up a snake by its tail. I'm literally going to get bit and maybe die. I'm not doing that. But Moses is like, all right, bet. So he reaches out and grabs Imagine if he didn't do that. And just imagine it real fast. Imagine if he didn't reach out to get the snake. He would have missed out on a miracle. He would have missed out what God was trying to tell him. The purpose of God. And then when he tells him about the cloak, he's like, put your hand in your cloak. Okay, there's no harm in putting my hand in my cloak, so I'd do it. Then he's like, all right, and you see his skin. I would have dropped it. <laughs> I'm like, this is disgusting. I don't want this in my hand. And he's like, obviously he didn't say drop it. Or he literally tells him, put it back in your cloak. Imagine if he didn't. (laughs) Again, he would have missed out on a miracle and a purpose. And I feel like a lot of us miss out on what God's trying to teach us and tell us. Because we do it purposely. We ignore it purposely. Or accidentally, we miss the opportunity. But I feel like when you ask the Holy Spirit to um, give you confirmation and discernment, I feel like God will be able to speak to you. But I feel like that is what actual obedience looks like. Moses threw the staff. And then he picked up the freaking snake. That wasn't a missed out. He literally would have missed out on a miracle, on a purpose, on opportunity, on God speaking to him. And that was obedience. He did what God commanded him to do. He was just doing what he was being told. He obeyed. He trusted in God. Now, the third sign was um, 
in verse 9 of chapter 4 where he says, If the Israelites still don't believe you or pay attention, then grab some water from the Nile and put it on the dry ground and the water will, the water from the river will become blood on the ground. So that was the third sign. And Moses being Moses, what he does best at this time, he still, he starts to doubt himself and causing him to make excuses. Moses apologizes to God and says that he's ineligible for the role. He doesn't feel like he's meant for. He feels like God should call someone else because he has a speech problem. Now we can all guess that speech problem could have been stuttering or just hard of speaking, anything like that. So in verses 11 to 12 again, chapter four, the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? It is not I, the Lord. Now go, I will help you speak and teach what you to say. Wow. And I feel like God will speak to me in those moments where I sometimes have my doubts about um, being this person for the podcast or because I don't have the knowledge enough. You know, I've never read more than 10 or 20 books of the Bible. I don't feel knowledge enough to speak the word to you guys. And I feel like God's like, who made your mind? <laughs> who gave you the knowledge? Who gave you the mouth to speak? Like, God's like, me. He, and then he questions Moses, like, is it not me who did that? And God's like, I believe. I think he, he's like, I think I did that. I think I made you, and I think I know what you're capable of, capable of. And I feel like that is what I want to share. By doubting God, Moses showed lack of faith. So when we doubt God, we show lack of faith. We become lack in confidence of ourselves. When we doubt our own selves and we lack our own selves and just think negatively, oh my gosh, of ourselves, we're thinking the same of God because God has created us in his own image. So when we doubt our looks, our knowledge, our minds, or anything of ourselves, we're doubting God because of how he made us. So by that, we show lack of faith. Moses again apologizes again. He tells God to please send someone else, and God brings up Moses' brother Aaron, the younger, the younger Brody, Aaron. God tells Moses that he will send Aaron to help and speak for Moses. Okay, because of his speech problem, God's like, don't even worry about that. Like, I got you. I got you a second person. I got you a second hand. So Moses packs and goes, and with his wife, son, and they try um, travel on a donkey. Again, obedience. Moses is like, all right, bet you gonna send my brother. Big facts. Let's just go ahead and go. So that was obedience as well. So Moses returns to Egypt, and obviously there were still people out in Egypt who wanted to kill Moses, but God literally killed them. He was like, "Go ahead and go. You're safe. You're not. Gonna, you're not gonna die." So on the journey, God reminds Moses to plan. He's given them a few updates, running through the quick scheduling, the plan, everything. Um, they go to Egypt, perform, the, um, go to Egypt, perform the wonders that God showed Moses to Pharaoh. But again, God tells. Moses that Pharaoh's still gonna not he's not gonna let go of the Israelites because God was going to harden his heart now why would God do it do that that's a great question for you to hold on to because I will answer that soon in verses 22 to 23 God says then say to Pharaoh this is what the Lord says Israel is my firstborn son and I told you let my son go so he may worship me but you refuse to let him go so I will kill your firstborn son sheesh I don't know about me. I said, you killing my son? Nah, you have what you want, God. <laughs> that ain't happening over here. So God calls Aaron and tells him to go into the wilderness and meet Moses. Excuse me. They both meet on a mountain of God, which was the same mountain that um, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses at the burning bush. Moses explains everything to Aaron, you know, catch up on the details. Next, they gathered the elder leaders of Israel and Aaron explained everything to them. Then the, Israel, uh, the elders believed and they worshiped God. Again, 
obedience being played out because this is what God had told Moses before, like the whole plan. And everything's working out just fine. So this was when Moses and Aaron encounter Pharaoh. So they finally meet up with Pharaoh. Moses tells Pharaoh that God wants him to let go of God's people. Pharaoh asks about this God of Israel, like quotation marks, like who is he that he should obey? Then he says, because I don't know him, because I don't know the Lord and I've never met him and I never spoke to him or prayed or whatever. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let your people go. And I feel like, again, we can relate to that because I don't pray to God. I feel like God won't speak to me because I don't, bro, he is God. Okay. Stop putting limits on our heavenly father. He is the God of the impossible, bro. Anyways. Moses then told Pharaohs to let them make their three-day journey, journey, I can't speak today, to make their three-day journey to offer sacrifices to the Lord or God will curse you with plagues. And Pharaoh ignores it <laughs> and tells Moses that Aaron, um, he tells Moses and Aaron that they're being distractions from the people's labor. Pharaoh tells them to leave, okay? He's like, you're being a big distraction. You're causing confusion. Go. You're slowing down my work. Like, you're slowing down their work. And so this whole situation says something off in Pharaoh. He commands more labor from the Israelites. It makes him mad. It makes him angry. And obviously, that was the enemy, period. Um, he makes them do more work. He begins to double the work, which made the Israelites fall very, very behind. An Israelite overseer came to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh why everyone, and Pharaoh asked him why was everyone behind and not making their daily dues. Israelite overseer tells Pharaoh to relax. Like, we're not able to make up whatever you want us to make up. It's hard. So Pharaoh blames the Israelites and calls them lazy. Craziness. Israelites run into Moses and Aaron and blame them for the situation. In Exodus chapter 5, verse 21, he this was the Israelite overseer um, says to them, he says, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. So he's pretty much like, this is your fault. Like, we're all doing this. And if we die, it's in your hands because you set this all up. It is your responsibility. He's like, may God look on you and judge you for this. So because of what this happened, God then promises deliverance for the Israelites. So because of what the Israelites, oof, Moses starts to doubt God again. Moses asks Moses asks God, why have you sent me out here? Like, why? I told you this was going to happen. I told you that they weren't going to believe me. I told you. He's just like, I, obviously, he doesn't say, I told you, God. But he's like, you help me out here. And he goes, I, you sent me, and I caused more trouble. He goes, you still haven't rescued your people. Again, by doubting God, Moses showed lack of faith. I could sit here and be like, you know what, God? These kids are still not taking me serious, you know? This podcast isn't what I wanted to do, da 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 or like my students, you know, aren't really doing what I want them to do. Like you put me here for what? Just so I can be made fun of. And then Exodus six verses one and two. The God says, Now you will see what I would do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he wouldn't he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of this he will drive them out of this country. God also says to Moses, I am the Lord. And when I was reading that, it was confirmation to me that God is Lord. He was always and is always going to be Lord. So when I think and I start to doubt and show my lack of faith, he's saying, I am Lord. And we forget the God we serve sometimes. And again, Moses showed lack of faith. So when things went wrong, he started to doubt. And again, this is all relatable. So in verses 6 to 8, again in chapter 6, God tells Moses to go to the Israelites and tell them the promise of God. 
Moses reports the info, but the Israelites don't believe him. They don't even want to hear from him. They're like, whatever, you're a joke, whatever. So God tells Moses to tell Pharaoh to let the God's people to let God's people go. But Moses questions God again. <laughs> Moses being Moses. Moses tells God, if the Israelites don't listen to me, what makes you think the Pharaoh will? I have a speech promise. Like, God, you don't understand. I stutter. I cannot talk properly. Then God tells Moses about Aaron, about the heads of their family, you know, giving them a whole lineage. Levi, the Levi tribe, the clan by clan. And I feel like this was a reassurance moment, giving them hope for the task. Because again, Moses was, everything that went wrong, he was always like, well, if they won't listen to me, what makes you think this person is going to listen to me? So if I do this, what makes you think I can do that? If I can barely grab attention, me personally, if I can barely grab attention from my students, what makes you think I'm able to do more, God? Then he, then he gives me a reassurance moment that he is Lord, that he is God. He's king of kings, that he is the I am. So I need to be able to trust. We need to be able to trust and understand that. So whatever situation that you're facing in that moment where you feel like you start to doubt God because you feel like you're not knowledgeable enough or good enough or um, because you sin so much that he won't be able to use you. That is all lies from the enemy. Again, that is all lies and the enemy that is trying to hold you in bondage but if you know the truth the truth shall set you free so back to the topic <laughs> god tells them again go and grab the israelites god tells moses to tell aaron everything that god commanded moses to say and do so that aaron may speak for moses so god knew that moses was going to complain about his speech problem that's why he had a second person in hand to help out moses See, if we start to doubt and God's like, actually, you're making excuses. Like, I got a backup plan. He was like, did you not? He's like, duh, I'm God. Like, I always got a plan, a backup plan, the backup, backup plan. God's always prepared. So he tells them all this and that to perform the miracles, Moses was shown by God. So Aaron is going to talk and also um, show the miracles that Moses was shown by God. In Exodus 7, um, verses 6 through 7, Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded him. Moses, again, we get his age, finally. Moses was um, 80 years old and Aaron was 83. I think I wrote that wrong. <laughs> I believe Moses and Aaron were in their 80s when they spoke to Pharaoh. Um, even after all that, Pharaoh still didn't listen. Pharaoh's heart hardened even more because God, again, still said that they, Pharaoh's heart was going to harden. So God sends plagues out to Egypt. He sends exactly 10 plagues. I won't get in debt about that. Again, for the sake of time, for the sake of your ears. Um, again, you can find that in the book of Exodus. So in chapter 12, during all those plagues and all that stuff, God gives Moses a command to... Um, yeah, I said that right. God gives commands to Moses and Aaron. He says to take a lamb for the family to nurture it and then kill it at a certain time of day. God says... Um, to place the lamb's blood upon the doors of her household. God also says that the same um, same night, eat a specific meal. He gives, uh, meal. He gives sp specific uh, instructions on what to wear, how to eat it, like the proper ways. Those who don't follow these exact instructions were going to be killed by God. Then God tells um, them to teach your kids and their kids about this command. Now, this is known as the Passover, the unleaved bread. So I heard a lot of the story as a child. I saw a lot of kid movies where... There was like this little ghost, this little spirit that would go to the house and like people would have blood on top of the door frames. So who had the blood on them were safe, but whoever did not have the blood on the door frames would die. And I saw that a lot in like movies when I would watch with my parents 
and it always stuck out to me and I continued to remember it throughout today and I finally understood why they, they did that. Now the next part is known as the Exodus. Exodus is known as freedom. The book of Exodus is freedom. So when you go to this book, you think of freedom. And a lot of people, a lot of preachers preach about this because of the freedom, the meaning behind Exodus. So verse 31 is when finally Pharaoh stops fighting against God and lets the Israelites go. In verse um, 50 to 51, Moses and Arrow, Arrow, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron tells the Israelites about the other plans that God has commanded them to follow. They obeyed and God brought them out of Egypt by their tribes. So Moses and Aaron tell everything about the Passover, the only bread to the Israelites. And they obeyed to it. They trusted in God. I said that in the intro of what is obedience. They trusted in God and God brought them out of the tribe. So when we trust in God in our circumstances and our finance and our problem situations, he will bring us out of that. And if we look back to Moses' name, God brought them out. He used Moses to draw them out of Egypt. The coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But after the freeing of the Israelites being out of Egypt, this was called the consecration of the firstborn. This is in chapter 13. God tells Moses to consecrate to God all firstborn males, human or animal. Consecrate means to make holy or to set apart as holy, to purify it. In verses 14 to 16 of chapter 13, God says, When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord Kill, I think this is Moses speaking. The Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. That is why I sacrificed to the Lord. Yes, it's Moses. Sorry, I forgot to put if Moses was speaking. This is why I sacrificed to the Lord, the first male offspring of every womb, and redeem each of my firstborn sons. And it will be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. So what Moses um, Moses was telling Israelites, he wanted them to set apart and make holy their firstborn son, male, uh, human, or animal. And this will be a symbol on their forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. So now this is when they are crossing the Red Sea. So the Israelites, they were like wandering on, they were leading them. You know, Moses was doing his thing as being a servant of God. Pharaoh let the people go. God took the Israelites out of Egypt into a desert, deserted road toward the Red Sea see now god took them around the philistine country because the if the israelites knew they were heading into a battle into war they would flee and go back to being slaves so he took them around on a shortcut into a deserted deserted road god then decides to turn them back and stay between a place called migdol migdol and the red sea so he kind of moves them around in like a lot so he makes them travel a lot God told Moses that Pharaoh will notice the Israelites going back and forth in confusion and God will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he may go after the Israelites again. Now, why is God hardening Pharaoh's heart? Because little does Pharaoh know this was all part of God's glory. Pharaoh will know who is Lord. And I feel like my phone just vibrated. I feel like a lot of people, um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Oh, that Pharaoh will know that this was all part of it. And I feel like a lot of times God uses specific people or specific circumstances to remind us of who is Lord. And God will, like Pharaoh was a heart and like he was just against God. And I feel like God is going to put people who are against him in, circum in specific circumstances or with 
people and it's going to remind them on who is Lord. God is a gangster. He a top G. That's all. That's all I got to say. So Pharaoh just sees all this. And what does he do? God, God said it before. He went and tried to go attack the Israelites. So he sends an army with him and like chariots and goes to kill the Israelites. The Israelites see the enemy coming. He sees the Pharaoh coming with the army and they all begin to panic. They cry and they're like, oh my gosh. And they're like, why would you bring it? Like they're coming after us, Moses. Why would you make us strand, like become stranded and then body get killed and slaughtered? Da, da, da. Like why Moses? In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, 13 and 14, Moses says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you only need to be still. Whew. If you go back before in um, earlier in this episode, every time something went wrong, Moses was so quick to doubt God. Moses jumped right back to God. Moses, this is your fault. He would be like, God, why would you do this? Now they're blaming me. Why, God? Who am I? Da, 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 da. But this time, Moses didn't. Moses straight up told the Israelites, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today when you will no longer see again. The Lord will fight for you and you only need to be still. Moses has grown spiritually. He did not jump to question God. He did not doubt God. He did not jump to lack of confidence. He was fully obeyed to God. He fully obeyed to him. He fully trusted in God. And because of his obedience, he grew spiritually. In verses 16 and 22, God then tells Moses to raise a staff and stretch out his hands and split the sea and it divided. And Moses did so. Obedience again. Israelites went through it. They're running. If that was me, I'm sprinting. Don't play with me. I'm sprinting. I would have analyzed the whole Red Sea as well, but I'm sprinting. I'm running. I'm a runner. I'm a track star. <laughs> In verse 23 to 28, the Israelites made it to the other side and the Egyptians were going after them, you know, going through the Red Sea as well. But the but they saw that the Lord was fighting against them, that the Lord was on the Israelites' side, that he was on our side. They felt fear and decided to run back. That's when God told Moses to reach um, out his hands over the sea and the water flows back over the Egyptians and the army. Moses did so. Obedience. Not one of the Egyptians survived survived that day. In verse 31. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. I talked about the word fear. When people fear the Lord, they just like immediately respect and understand Lord. They they trust him. They start to follow him. Not fear. It's like, I'm scared, but they feared him. Like they knew of God. They knew what he was capable of. So they feared him. They respected him. At least that's how I take it. And then lastly, in Exodus 15, verse 1. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord because of them being free, because God took them out. God kept them safe. He kept his promises to the Israelites and Moses. They all sang the song to God. This was their thanks to the Lord. And obviously throughout behind chapters 15 and all of Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, there was, you know, they were still stranded, even though God had said that he was going to take them into a good and spacious land. That was still an idea and, and a promise that God had to them. But obviously throughout those whole books, the Israelites were stranded and they were wandering for 40 years. But that will be talked about in next episode where I get to talk about another person. The, I guess the second hand man 
the next person for Moses because obviously Moses had gotten older and later passed away with the Israelites still being stranded out there. So this is where I'll cut it for today. But Moses, so why this specific story? Moses' obedience to God will allow obedience to God's will allowed him to be used mightily by God to perform miracles and lead the Israelites towards freedom. Because again, if God, if Moses didn't reach out his hand and grab the tail, uh, grab the tail of the snake or put the cloak or the leprosy thing, he would have missed out on those miracles. He would have missed out what God was trying to tell him. Moses' obedience shows us the importance of being open to God's calling in our lives. Moses intensely tried to resist God's plans, but ultimately chose to obey. He chose to trust and was used by God in a powerful, powerful way. Because we, again, we forget the God we serve. We forget the God we serve. We need to be open. We need to be Moses. Openly, open our hearts, open our minds, our souls, everything to God. Surrendering to God. Again, what I talked about in the intro of what is obedience. We need to surrender and choose to obey God and allow him to use us in his way, in his will. Because we can be used by God no matter what you've done, what you said, or the sinful mind that we have. We are going to be used by God because we need to surrender. We need to fully surrender. And once you do that, God is going to use you in a powerful way like he did Moses. Even when we show lack of faith, when we show lack of confidence in ourselves and start to doubt God and wonder why the heck he chose us. I sometimes to this day still think, why did you choose me out of all out of all people? <laughs> I don't have a big, big testimony but I did struggle a lot with shyness. I was very closed off. I didn't want to be on stage talking. I didn't want to do this podcast because I was too scared. I was too shy. But I, God is able to use me in those ways. And I feel like personally God is able to use you in a lot, a lot of ways. As Christians, we need to be open to God's calling in our lives and be willing to obey even when it may seem difficult or look difficult in our circumstances. And that's where I'll cut it off today. I hope that Moses' obedience and his story kind of give you an encouragement because I relate to Moses a lot and I feel like a lot of us do relate to Moses because we doubt, we doubt, and then we become spiritually grown where we just automatically like, no, God is God. He is Lord of Lord. He is King of Kings. I'm his, I'm a child of God. I'm going to be in good hands where we have that confidence in God and we have that strong faith in God. So hopefully this was an inspiration and motivation to you all. For those who are listening, I appreciate all the love and support that you've been giving. I will do a quick shout out and probably like another episode of like the different cities, the different countries that are listening. And I appreciate you all very, very much. Uh, make sure you go follow on the social media platforms and follow, uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Again, vlog is an idea in mind that will be coming soon in maybe a couple weeks. So I don't want you to miss out on that. But make sure you follow the social media platforms. Again, that's where I get my reminders, my news, the updates on this podcast and whatever about my life. Um, we have the TikTok. I posted a TikTok. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, it was just a quick vlog of what I do on a Sunday. It looks interesting. So make sure you go check that out and show a lot of love and support on that. And then Instagram, I posted it on Instagram as well. Just go subscribe. I mean, follow the Instagram. If you're listening on the Apple podcast, make sure you go follow and um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening on the YouTube channel, make sure you go and subscribe and follow us on the Apple podcast. Make sure you reach out to me for any suggestions on this podcast if on this episode if there's some things that I didn't say properly or you still have questions or just a quick prayer request I would be gladly to answer all those I know I've been getting a lot of um questions on you know some episodes that I did and I got 
a beautiful blessing to answer those back. So we had a good conversation on that. So I did have a good encounter. But make sure, again, to just reach out for anything, literally anything. But again, I love you all. I hope that you guys are having the rest and blessed, beautiful week. And I will talk to you guys next episode. Bye-bye.